We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, friends, presented by DraftKings. 2022, the Masters. Picks, bets, preview, one and done. Ander Curse, injuries, we got it all covered here for you on the Super Show. If you miss any of the two previous episodes, the Research Show with Justin Ray, the DraftKings Millie Maker Picks with Ben Raza, and Tyler Tambellini, Toe Tag and Tambo, go check those out on Mayo Media Network. After you consume this show, sub to the network, smash the like, give me your winner down in the comment section. Plus, I need you to play in the gigantic one and done at fantasygolfchampionships.com. $100 to play from the Masters through the Open Championship, $10,000 to first prize. I'm giving away a free entry right now. We asked you to do all of the things. People did them, and this guy won. Mitchapalooza on Twitter. Check your DMs. You got a free entry into the one and done. But that's not all the giveaways that we have this week. If you follow me on Twitter at the PME, I'll be doing Millie Maker ticket giveaways. But I got the Masters swag straight from the Augusta national store on the grounds all you need to do is subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast leave a five-star review make up something nice about the show leave your twitter handle or email address in the review and boom you are in that draw we'll be giving away the winners next monday on the masters recap show but here's what you can get and if you subscribe to the newsletter down in the description you can see pictures of all of this stuff in the monday night newsletter uh, that'll be coming a bit later you get this trucker's hat that's pretty good we got some visors this sweater that i think that both feinberg and i have uh, it's a size large by the way and this handsome masters black polo i think uh Andercust has that one so I'm giving away three of those items, so I can keep a few for random giveaways throughout the year. But go do that right now. Sub to the podcast, rate and review. Honestly, we need these reviews. It's a big week for us. We're trying to get to number one in golf, in betting, in fantasy, and we need your help to do it. 
All right, play in the Listener's League. That is down in the description. There's only 2,000 spots left. I told them to make it as big as possible. We didn't fill the match play, so they didn't... I mean, listen, it's their rake-free money. They're not making a cent off this tournament because they're not taking any rake. We didn't fill it, so we only got 5,000 spots. And 3,000 of them are gone before Monday. So go get your spot if you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings. And then we got the newsletter, like I mentioned. Uh, the Sunday night one's already out. My write-up's already out. We got all of it covered. All right, we got the housekeeping all done. Just remember to rate and review. Share the show around, too. We'll be doing some giveaways. If you share this on Twitter, retweet, all that good stuff, uh, you might get some extra consideration. So whenever you see a show pop up, boom, you'll be good to go. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. And we were speaking before the show that... We only have, like, a bet in yet. I I'm kind of in analysis paralysis right now because I don't know who to take at the top. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you would call it. I have its Masters Week, Pat, and I think I have the betting yips at the moment. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to hit submit. I, you know, punted for so long, uh, you know, made our my one Adam Scott future. We have our baby Peters bet, but whatever. Um and I just figured get to Masters Week and I know which elites I want to hammer and I'd hammer them or I'd bet them hard. And we're here and I, I honestly don't, don't know. And I also want to throw in, I seen your lot and that black polo is so sharp. You wouldn't think like a black polo and the Masters would like kind of go together unless it's Ander Curse because Cust owns one. It's the sharpest, it is the sharpest piece in the lot. He might not own the black one. He might actually have, like, the vintage green one. I can't remember. I suppose we can ask him here in a minute, but I think that's what we need to do first. The process of the Masters betting card is actually just getting rid of people because you look at the top 30 guys, you're like, yeah, I can see those guys winning. And you're like, well, I can't bet them all. So what am I going to do? Well, you have to start making cases against players. And usually, as I wrote up in the newsletter last night, I made a case for Spieth. I don't want to really bet Spieth, but I think it's important to make a case for and a case against every single player. And then you can weigh the pros and cons for everything. You can't just blindly say, well, I don't like that guy. Like, is there a case that you can make for them? And I made one for Spieth. It's not a difficult case to make for Spieth. He's won here before, plays well every single year. But even some of his underlying metrics so far in 2022 – don't like point to him winning, but they're not as bad as maybe the results seem. So there's different angles that yeah. we can tackle on this. But let's try to whittle down this list. That's the important part right now. So let's bring him in, the master of the curse, to find out the three most Ander Curse players at Augusta National. It is a Tim Andergust. Tim Andergust. That is not my name. You're via the phone. You, people, are so, people are so used to having you in studio now. I know. It's a throwback to way back in the day when it was only phones. Yeah, you're not even on, like, your microphone at home or anything like that. You got, like, the bad connection. This is a real throwback interview. This really is. This is uh, If people like to go back in history and remember what the Pat Mayo experience was like 12 years ago, this is it. This was the conditions during the birth of the curse, I you could say, then. Well, that's debated as to when the quote-unquote birth of a quote-unquote curse began. I mean, some say that it doesn't exist at all. In fact, most people say it doesn't exist. Some people say it exists but started at a Kentucky Derby. Others say it started at the Masters. Others say it started the day I was born. You know, there's a lot of debate about it. I would say that it started with eight bells when you killed a horse on the track at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Feel like it was popularized when Jordan Spieth just started tanking into the water on number 12, which allowed us to cash in all the Danny Willipets. Jeff, has anyone 
Despite the monetary value attached to Willet winning that Masters, did the curse ever help out anyone as much as you and me? That was a very profitable day. Uh, it helped build build the brand for you. It helped build the show. Uh, yeah, quite 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 a day that went on to have lasting impact. I guess we could say. Yeah, people still bring up the Willow thing to me. I'm still living off of it because I haven't hit a winner in ages. I would like to hit a winner this week. So Tim, tell us who we should not be taking. Who are your power rank? Your three picks for the Masters. Yes, as everybody knows, here at the U.S. Masters, I always make three you picks. Fuck off, and so US my Masters. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the name of the tournament. There's a British Masters. That's not this. This is the U.S. Masters. That's that, 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 fine. That's actually not and, true. It's called the Masters Tournament. Is what it's called. Well, I mean, it depends where you look. For example, DraftKings calls it the U.S. Masters. Yeah, that's a nomenclature thing, so it doesn't get doubled up in the system when there's a different Masters that comes around. But the tournament's well, name there's a is... British Masters. Yeah, there's, there's a British Masters. Masters. This isn't called the U.S. Masters, though. It's just the Masters. Look, there's the U.S. PGA. There's a U.S. That's the way I look at these things. Uh, who do I like at Augusta this week? Three people that I'm looking at. The third pick, so the one I have least confidence, but I feel really good about, is Mark Leaf. I think this is a good course for him. I expect him to play well. Second is Adam Scott, former uh, champion. I think he's going to play well with golfer. He's been playing decent golf. I quite bullshit. like Adam Scott. But my winner is Dustin Johnson. As Ooh. long as he avoids stairs all week and he plays, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to win. He's also a past champion. I think he is a little undervalued. I don't think a lot of people are talking about DJ in the way they ought to be. I think DJ wins this thing. I actually feel better about, as a big game hunter, I sort of have a good sense of when I'm on and when I'm off about stuff. And I feel really good about this. I think DJ is going to win. But if it's not him, Scott or Leishman are right there. This is this is bad. I know. This is bad. It also shows sort of how out of the bubble Tim is, because I would say of the elite players, DJ is the one that's drifted the shortest in the last couple of weeks just because of how great he finished the players, that match play um, run to the final four and a win and what like five top tens in the masters in the last six years so he is being talked about but ah, tim this is bullshit man what do you mean i guess it's hard I mean, to avoid i don't know i've been i've been sitting on fences so i can't be mad about the dj thing but i've been talking up adam scott since christmas and you wasted all my time and he kept doing this to you throughout the course of the year it was the eighth time you picked adam scott i really like adam scott this year i thought he was going to have a good year and yeah i picked him i actually used him at phoenix where i think he finished fourth uh i wanted to use him at uh, sawgrass but of course couldn't i would have used him again this week a former's master's champ. If his putting is good, I mean, another guy I think you should look out for, he's not my pick, but if he has a decent putting week, Mackenzie Hughes can win this thing too. He's a deep pick, but watch out for him. With Brooks Kepka of Canada? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm writing someone like Brooks off. I think oh. Brooks and Spieth, he can write off. <laughs> okay. okay, so Brooks and Spieth have no chance is what you're but telling us right now? I think I would be shocked. I, I think you're setting your money on fire if you bet on Brooks or Speed this week, personally. Okay. What about Will Zalatoris? Um, I think he overperformed last year, so I don't... I mean, listen, could he win? Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, Rory. Get him off here, too. Rory's Ooh. not completing this Grand Slam. It's not happening. Write Rory off, too. So there you go. There's three write-offs to go with my three picks. Right, Rory, Brooks, and Speed off. They're not winning. That, that, that's, that's a waste of your money and time. 
The okay. write-offs are more powerful than the picks. Yeah. Can you uh, tweet out that gif of the old lady lighting money on fire with those three names next to it? That's That'll really get the people going. I can. I mean, I mean, this is, I don't know how this works for SEO purposes, but like, should I wait until the show is posted? To yeah, just wait a little because do I don't want the numbers to crash. Yeah, you. what you want to do is wait till I tweet the show out, tag you in it, and then do the retweet with the GIF, and we'll be, a, we'll be off to the races. I mean, that's fine. It's how I feel. Those three golfers, I think, uh, is a, a lost cause to bet on them. Speed, Speed had one good tournament really this year against nobody. Even if he had won that tournament, it would have been against nobody's, and who would have cared if he won the American Express? Uh, Kepka played well at Phoenix, which is a course he's played well at. But you know what? I haven't been super impressed by Brooks Kepka. And Rory, like, when was the last time that I was super impressed by, by Rory? He's not the dominating player that he has been in years past. And the extra pressure for Augusta, I mean, great. Let's say he's the third-round leader. He's going to put the ball out of bounds three times at Augusta on Sunday. It's just, that's just what's going to happen. He, he's not going to handle it. So, yeah, you write those three guys off. I wouldn't be shocked if two of the three don't even make the cuts. Maybe all of them. I might be betting two of the three. I'm gonna, and it's what, top 50 and everyone within 10? That's the cut rule? No, there's no within 10 anymore. I got I misspoke on the research show and I think the DraftKings show. Then I went and looked it back up. It's like, oh, no, when they had the COVID Masters in 2020 in November, they had to get rid of the top within 10 strokes of the lead because of they couldn't have like 70 people make the cut because they would never get the tournament in. Because of daylight. Because of the daylight. Right. But then they just kept it last year. And frankly, that's a... I mean, for the to make the cut parlay purposes, I really enjoyed the within 10 because that once upon a time won us a lot of money. When we got a shot tracker error on the Masters app and Griot all of a sudden didn't make a bogey, made a birdie and won like a 13-leg parlay, that was fantastic news. It was on my birthday too. Great news. Great night that night. But it's just top 50 in ties now. Just top 50 in ties. Okay, fair enough. And it really, it's, it's less than that because you've got 10 guys on that list who have no chance of making the cut, right? Well, your your main arch nemesis from the past 10 years, Ian Woosnam, no longer playing. Uh, I know, but then Phil also can't play. So it was like the cost of uh, losing a rival and, and gaining a, and, and also losing a hero. Uh, so you're still shocked. You're shocked. still on Team Phil after all of this. I mean, I'm just appointed with his actions, but like I've been rooting for Phil my whole life. So, you know, one doesn't just abandon their favorite player out of nowhere. Did you know? Hopefully, he's back to defend his title at Southern Hills. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that at the time. I'm guessing that's when he's going to come back, but who knows? We don't have any word on Tiger yet. Do you think the Tiger's playing? Yes, I do <sighs> think he plays. That's not good news for him. I do think he plays. I don't know how well he'll play. I kind of think he'll make the cut, play early on the weekend, and that'll be great for television, that he'll there'll be someone to, to focus on early on Saturday and Sunday. Because I think he makes the cut, but he's not really in contention. Jeff, do we have to blindly play a Spieth Rory Brooks to make the cut, Dustin Scott Leishman to miss the cut parlay? Because that pays 71-1. to 1. Yeah, there's definitely some, I guess, exotics that we're going to have to line up now, you know, on Tim's words. Tim has... Uh, I mean, there's no there's no Richmond Spiders to parlay your winner with this time, so I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> hey, I sent them on a run, didn't I, those Richmond Spiders? <laughs> I think they won one game, but yes. 
So is there anyone we should be looking at as a curse as it goes along? Because this is the first time in two years on any of the major shows that you haven't picked Louie as one of your top three picks. So if he makes a birdie on the first hole when he's on the course, are you going to be like, it's over for Louie, and then all of a sudden he's cursed? What if Westwood ends up in the mix? I mean, you, you know the sorts of people that if they start to contend, I will be behind. Louie, Zach Johnson, Westwood, all those guys. I'll be, I'll be on them. Uh, Stuart Sink, uh, Patrick Harrington, who played really well at the PGA, so it's not like he hasn't played well in a while. Like, if any of those older guys or veterans or people that everyone knows I like start to play well, I can't help myself. All right. Do you have any final Masters? No, so, warned is forearmed. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think the viewers of the show know that, but new viewers need to know who you're going to eventually put the curse on. I feel like this is good news. Oh, yeah. This is good news for Louie, though, that he didn't make the original three. This could be all he needs to get over the hump. Maybe. I guess I guess the proof in the pudding will be in the eating of it. Uh, he did, you know, he has played well at this course for obviously with a playoff a couple of years ago. So he's a, he's a good player and he can compete. Uh, last thought. Oh, yeah, people have been asking. I don't see an ace coming this week. I know it often comes up on 16. I don't see it. I, I think this is going to be a hole-in-one free uh, tournament. So if that's an available bet for you, I, I like the no hole-in-one this week. Jeff, do you have any questions for Tim before we get it? We have to record the Custies at some point to figure out which one of you is the most insane to see how the people voted. Yeah, I was waiting for his uh, meme team to sort of make uh, – maybe they can make one of – Will Smith slapping Adam Scott. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good one. If you only knew how to use Photoshop, with, with this is so easy. Jeff sitting there saying, with Jeff sitting in the crowd saying, keep your, the name of my bet out of your mouth. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, uh, look, always... I, I, look, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. I hope your Adam Scott bet wins. I think uh, you have a really good chance of winning it. I still think TJ's going to win. He's my one and done. But uh, Adam Scott's got a real shot. If he can, if, if he can just settle his putting down, uh, then that's all I need to see. He'll be right there in the mix. Why wouldn't he be? No hole in one is plus one twenty. To have a hole in one is minus one sixty three at the moment. That's so silly. I mean, look, I know holes in one happen at this tournament. Like, how many years have you personally played golf and never seen a hole in one in your life? <laughs> and the Christ. odds of it happening over four rounds is just so slim. Like, it can happen, but it's freakish to imagine that's going to happen, that it's likelier to happen than not. I just don't see it. I think if, you know, you, people who've golfed their whole lives know just how rare holes in one are. For, that, for you to expect one to happen at this tournament is, is just nonsense. It may very well happen, but I don't think it does. I like no hole in one. Uh, mark that down. And uh, Shame I'll be on coming you to collect who my voted credit for, it. for me. Shame on you. This guy just correlated an ability for there to be a hole-in-one with the greatest golfers on earth on a slope, on a course that the slopes can play perfection to the hole to you going out there gas canning the par threes you play on, friend. Because you can't do it. And you don't do it. You and your friends yeah. don't make hole-in-ones. Think of all the times you and Never. your friends have played. You don't make hole-in-ones. Therefore, well, this is for therefore, 20 plus years of my life. I mean, yeah. Therefore, I've been playing like 25 years of golf in my life. Never seen a hole in one. Never been with a group. Never had one. Never saw it behind me or heard it behind me. Never saw it in front of me. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. It, it, obviously, they happen. But the odds of it, for, for us to say that it's likely and, and no to Bernhard happen. Langer was Masters playing in the hole dope. ahead of you. Uh -huh. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. It's unlikely to happen. 
you, you might as betting no on the uh, hole in one is like betting heads on the coin toss at the Super Bowl. You're laying juice when the odds are are are, are off. Didn't heads hit this year? Yes, it did, but you still had to eat juice to lay it. You had to, you had to, you had, you had, but but you want to bet tails at juice. Hold on. Okay, but I'm just taking your argument. You could be right. This isn't a coin. What was the last time a hole-in-one didn't happen at the Masters? Two years ago. Are you sure? No, but I feel like two years ago, because I feel like I took a victory lap about. I think you could be right. No, I think you took a victory lap at the U.S. Open, potentially, because this is just the bet that you make. I feel like it's been like 10 years since there wasn't a hole-in-one at the Masters. Well, But, like, the thing is, he could be right. He could be right. There could be no hole-in-one. His logic is dumb as shit. Oh, yeah. My logic is that it's really, really, really hard to get a hole-in-one. And it's to say it's likely, it's not like it happens every week on the PGA Tour. It doesn't happen most weeks on the PGA Tour. It happens most weeks on the PGA Tour. Yes, it does. But it does happen most weeks on the PGA Tour. The correlation to you and the farm fields you're playing and the people playing in front of you, behind you, and with you is as insane as anything you've ever said. Oh, you say that so often that I don't know what that means. That's fair. And, like, I know you're upset because you know you've lost the vote and you're just waiting for the returns to come in where you have to spend a whole year with your phone or board saying insane person where I get to have a thing in front of me that says sane all year. I know that bothers you, but uh, look, I'm telling you a hole-in-one is not going to happen. It's just not – it's less likely than not. It's Sorry, likelier not to happen than to happen. The odds are off on it. Bet to know you can't lose. What do you think about Scotty Scheffler this week? Eh, I mean, he obviously has been playing fantastic. the best golfer in the world by the numbers right now, right? He's been playing great golf, but uh, – I don't know. I mean, he. I have no juice for him. I'm not excited for him, and I'm not like against him. I'd be curious to see if he gets into the heat of the battle of this major. What happens? But uh, I don't have. A, I don't have strong feelings. I'll be honest. All right. Those were your final thoughts. That friends was Mister Insane Person Tim Andagust. Tim Andagust. Have you ever just been too damn high? With today's weed, it can be a dangerous game, and we don't always have time to play reefer roulette when we're looking to light up. Dadgrass is reviving the pleasure of the casual smoke, so you can chill out without any of the stress. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes the body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and very high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Want the toke without the smoke? Dadgrass also has CBD tincture made with the same high-quality hemp. It's easy to dose, and the effects come on smooth. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. And Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the United States. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash mayo. Go to dadgrass.com slash mayo for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash mayo. 
All right, that was his name, and we're going from someone who is completely insane in Tim Andercast into someone with an awful lot of credibility, but you probably don't know him too much from golf, but huge golf fan ESPN insider Adam Schefter is on the line. Do you get the same sort of access for golf injuries because injury reports on golf are non-existent as you do for football? Well, Pat and Jeff, first of all, thank you for having me. And no, you will not find many people who are more interested in golf tracking it than me. I've gotten so into it over the last four or five years. I have had the occasion to exchange texts with some of the caddies. That's kind of my way of breaking in, I guess, and get information about who looks good. But in golf, how do you ever know who's going to look good? And how do you know who's going to be hot a certain week? And it's always so hard to predict, but I've tried to give them fancy football tips <laughs> when they've texted me as they have for a little insight into my sport. Well, every morning when I wake up during football season on Sunday, I get the injury dump overnight. Be like, okay, this guy's not going to play. This guy is going to play. Yeah. Really, you know, helps us out when we're either playing fantasy, daily fantasy, making bets on these things. There is no injury report in golf, and how could there be? No. These are just dudes out there. We got like six guys this week. Tiger, who knows? It's probably going Tiger's to play. playing. Tiger's Tiger. playing. You heard it here first, Pat. He's playing. I like it. I, I, we needed that to counteract our guest from earlier, who is the biggest <laughs> mush in the world, who also said he was playing. So I need to hear that. Do you think he's going to be okay, though? Well, I don't think he'd be playing if he wasn't okay. Now, again, the question is, how good is he going to be? And... For as much history as he has authored there in Augusta, can you imagine if he was even in contention this week? It would be incredible to see. I, I would never underestimate him in any circumstance. It'll be interesting to see how he navigates the course and the injury and getting back. But I'd be floored if he didn't play this week. Me too. And I'm with you on that. Like, I don't think like winning good, but like top 10 good. I can see it. I don't know that 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 I'll defer to you guys. That's where you tell me <laughs> what you think he's going to do. Right. Um, I'm as curious as everybody else to see the guy. We know how comfortable he is in that course. And there's always something to be said for that. I just, again, the way this is lining up, the way he's working, he's not doing this not to play in the Masters this week. No way. Jeff, two, two against one now, I see. That's not true. I do believe he's <laughs> going to play. I just question how good he would be. That's fair. And, and I think his expectations might be a little different. I think him shooting a 74 and being able to feel like he can go out the next day and sh uh, walk it again could be successful. I, I just think we could have differentiations on what his expectations are, um, you know, this close to maybe having lost his leg and what, you know, sort of lights his his fire, as as me and Pat debated you know, I don't know if they ask me who do I think is going to play better, Sergio Garcia, Shane Lowry, or Tiger Woods. I'd have a hard time saying Tiger Woods. That's fair. I, I can't argue with anything there, Jeff. That's fair. But what makes it so appealing and so intoxicating is just that we've seen this guy do things that nobody thought he could. And so you wanted to see, like, can he do that again in this circumstance? Come on. No, right? He can't do it again, can he? It'd be and, incredible. I'm rooting right. for it. Yeah. Are well, you on behalf of on behalf, on behalf of ESPN? We we thank Tiger for playing on Thursday and Friday. Are you going to be involved in the broadcast at all? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> if they, <laughs> nobody's contacted me yet, I I, I actually did volunteer uh, my services to uh, a producer at ESPN. I said if you want an extra golf report, I said I'm not interested in taking away anybody's work or doing anything like that. But if if you needed 
somebody to be an extra golf reporter at the PGA event. Uh, where is it? Oklahoma in May, right? Yeah. Southern Hills. Yeah. Southern Hills. Yeah. I said, I, I would gladly volunteer to do that. Now I have not heard back from anybody. So I would take it that that wouldn't be the case, but I, I would love, love to do more and more golf reporting. I think it would be kind of cool. Uh, I went to the masters last year and I remember talking to a couple of PGA officials and they're like, Hey, uh, it'd be fun to have more insiders involved in golf. So uh, in the next phase of my career, when I get a little older, that might, that might be something that I would look at doing. I would think that the golf lift could use it. Yeah, golf could not only use it. I would feel like the lift is a little bit easier than the the grind, the twelve month grind that is the NFL. The problem is, and I've experienced this. And I don't know how you are with it. That you like watching golf. You like golf. Love. I really, Love. I really like the NBA, and no one really knows that yeah. about me. I enjoyed to consume it as a fan. The moment I started. The moment it would become work for me is the moment I wouldn't like it anymore, I think. And I don't want to see you have have that problem with golf. I just don't want to see it. Well, you, you, know, you, know, you know what the deal is, Pat? Basically, what drew me in to these sports, basketball, which I love watching all the time, and golf is fantasy, to be perfectly frank. I play in a golf uh, fantasy pool where basically uh, I play with a bunch of guys over at Roto World. Uh, we, play in a, we, we did an auction draft back in January. And me and my friend ESPN, Kyle Soppy, uh, who's a fancy researcher, we did an auction team together against all the Roto World guys. Um, and Kyle would have to give me the standing, but where we're at. But I think we're high up there right now. We have a pretty good team. We've got we got Will Zalatoris, Terrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Russell Henley, Cameron Tringali, Charlie Hoffman, and Jason Kokrak, who is Kyle Soppy's guy. And we're waiting for Kokrak to have a good week. He he's been very disappointing so far. Well, um, for hopefully, and, and the, hopefully for you that you start getting like the the new Saudi tour money because I think Kokrak might be over there sooner rather than later. Well, so but but we're still in a pretty good year. And then I'm also in another pool with a couple of friends, two different entries where you pick one golfer every week, and uh, you win points for each corresponding dollar that that golfer. Um, wins last year, my friends and I were in the pool for the first time. We won the pool. And and I can't tell you how I watched every one of my shots from every golfer that I picked every week. Like, it was unbelievable. And so I'm already like that this year, watching all the shots. And now I have to figure out who I'm picking this week for the Masters. It's a, a very difficult decision, as I'm sure you guys know very well. Well, that's the, problem. That's the problem that Jeff and I are having right now is we look at the top 20 players and it's like, oh, yeah, I could see that guy winning. But Jeff, go ahead. Yep. I, I, I'm going to maybe put you on the spot a little, but as an avid golf fan like Pat and I and out of football season, you get to watch it a ton. Would you have a critique for the broadcast to make it better? Because it's frustrating. We don't see a lot of shots. There's a lot of riffraff. I say in football, be like going away on third down and just telling me what happened. Like they're, the, the, the hardcore fan is so underserviced in my opinion. Would you have any suggestions that are actually, you know, capable of putting into practice? You know, Jeff, I, I, I never thought about it that way. I do know this again, you're picking golfers. And I think that um, golf is a beautiful sport and it's great, but I really believe that the popularity of golf and football and basketball in recent years has been driven by people's ability to play it on one of these fantasy sites uh, make a DFS lineup, uh, bet on a certain golfer. And so inevitably you're on a certain guy. What I remember last year is I'm trying to remember what it was. Maybe it was the, 
it was the US Open or the British Open. It was a major of some sort. And I could not believe how much coverage there was of Rory McElroy. Like every shot of his was broadcast. And I'm thinking, I don't remember where I had, it was the US Open where I had John Rahm or it was uh, another, I'm like, can, can, can we watch my guy at all? And so um, I don't know how to do that. I would think in this day and age, we're going to be at a spot here eventually where even on ESPN plus this week at the Valspur in San Antonio, I Corey Connors is my guy. I, I watched all of his rounds on ESPN plus. Yep. Right. And so I was able to zoom in on him. I wanted to watch every shot that he hit and I did. So uh, I, I think that in this day and age where people are filling out fantasy lineups and, and have season long fantasy pools and, pick guys in a weekly bit. They want to watch their guy, period. I don't know who I'm picking yet for the Masters, but I, I know that I want to watch every shot that he hit. He hits Thursday and Friday. The issue is going to be, because I I think Augusta, although ESPN is the partner, still controls yeah. what, but they show yeah, a lot, but they were the best ones at showing everything anyway. Like they have their feeds of Amen Corner. They have the 16 and 17 or the 15 and 16 feed, plus right. the featured groups. And ESPN, Plus has done a great job with taking over the early round golf coverage so far because golf channel is like useless when it comes to this stuff. You see three guys for four hours and that and it's mm-hmm. the same guys that you can watch in the feature group. The players, you can go live to every single player, but that's the only tournament. Obviously, logistically, it's really difficult, but you're right. I think that the more we expand with betting, with DraftKings, Daily Fantasy, and the more people get into that and they have real money on the line, they're going to want to see, I don't know. Patrick Harrington in their Minwoo Lee matchup. It might only be five people, but you know they're gonna want to have that out there. I think for most of these. Hey, by, by the way, by the way, like if we translated that over to football, um, one of the reasons that people will tune into, let's just say, a Tennessee Jacksonville game <laughs> on Sunday afternoon is because somebody's got the Titans running back, somebody's got the Jaguars wide receiver, somebody's got the Titans defense. So that drives the popularity of the sport and drives ratings up. And it's going to be no different for people who are into fantasy golf in that regard. There's a reason that I'm watching every shot that Corey Connors hit over the weekend. Right? So that that's what it's, it's the same thing just over in golf. All we need is green zone, green zone, like red zone. And we'll be good to go. The, the no, fluff, go. no fluff. Here are the shots. Live odds boards. Get a sponsor up there. Help that pay for it. And then that's all we really need to do, I think, to get this off the ground. But Jeff and I have been talking about this for five years, and no one really seems to care. Because as uh, as we all know, the PGA Tour may be a bit slow to react than maybe some of the other leagues. Yeah, well, again, I think there's a lot of potential there. And it's up to the uh, brain trust in the golf world to figure it out. But I really believe that just like football is taking it to the next level, there's no reason that golf can't do the same thing. All right, before we let Jeff ask his question, I know you yeah. don't know who you're picking yet, but what we like to do on the show, and as we're going about to do as we're about to do in a second, whittle it down at the very top. Like we have to try yeah. to cross off. We have like four or five names, and we need to pick one or two of that bucket. Do you have a bucket of guys that you're looking at now? I do. I'm a little apprehensive about revealing it, you know, lest the people uh, tuning in. So I might throw some uh, names into the into the pool that that wouldn't be there, but. Yeah, you know, here here's guys that I, I would think would be logical, right? Like everybody loves John Rahm. It, it's hard not to like him. He's got a great history on the course. He hasn't played like John Rahm. Um, I, you know, I, I John Rahm, God, I love that guy. I mean, he's just so good. But he just hasn't been 
himself lately. Now, that doesn't mean that yeah, on Thursday, he steps onto the course, goes six under, and we say, oh, John Rahm's back. There he is, right? Like that. That's what makes golf so unpredictable and so confounding because you just have no idea how this is going to happen. But I think, you know, Rahm is a guy you look at. What is JT's course history in Augusta? Good. Very good. good. or great? Very it, good. It's it's very good. It's like on, on, off, on, on, off. Like a lot of guys that eventually win the match. Very better than Sergio, but similar in his lead-up. Okay, well, what's the highest finish he's had there? Do we know that? I believe it's fifth. Okay, well, that, that's encouraging. I, I, I think he's uh, he's playing right right now. Like, he's he's got the right stuff. I think Colin Marikawa is somebody that... Yeah. Who could have predicted him winning the British Open last year? That, that's the perfect example where he has been up and down, hit and miss, and then couldn't you see him coming out and just blowing up the course and doing great, right? I, I would. I mean, that's who I'm picking to win, so I'm with you. Dustin Johnson has won on this course and rises up to the majors and is playing better. I could see Dustin Johnson, okay? Will Zalatoris comes in for the first time last year and almost wins it last year. The guy is a budding superstar. Wouldn't it be just like him to win it right now? And, again, I'll ask you guys, Pat and Jeff, Cam Smith's history here. Good, right? We Great. we bet Cam Smith at this tournament every year. The problem is, is he was 40 to 1 to 80 to 1 all those years. Now he's yep. six, 16 to 1. That It's not great. But, but but what's his highest finished here? He his finished, finished second in the Dustin Johnson year. <laughs> yeah, see, see, okay. And I'll give you another guy that, that I think is going to win one of these things at some point. And here's a little bit outside the box. I, I got a couple more names for you. Matthew Fitzpatrick is waiting to win a major. Yeah. Right? And Sam Burns has never played here. Sam Burns is going to be a superstar too. Yeah. Could Sam Burns show up and do Will Zalatoris last year? Yes, he could. Je Absolutely. Je in about 20 minutes' time, Jeff and I have that exact discussion on this show. <laughs> so um, let me see who else. Like Again, I've, I've, I've started to construct some lineups, right? Like just looking at things of people I liked. Um, let's take a look at this here. So who don't you like? Who, like who's I'll a fade what? for Adam this week? <laughs> Rory McIlroy. Ooh, okay. who could always shift the conversation, has a great history at Augusta. Great history at Augusta. And by the way, if he were to win and complete the Grand Slam here, we'd be talking about him as one of the great European golfers of all time, and he'd change the narrative about him. I, I Prove me wrong, and I'm probably this will probably show you how foolish I am when he wins it this week. But I just, I just, he just, he just seems off. He just seems off to me. Don't trust him. And let me get your opinion, Adam. On I mean, you 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 know you deal with the alphas in the NFL all all the time. Brooks Kepka, for us who like to bet on this stuff, he's twenty to one. There's major like he's the ultimate major championship player. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's been healthy at this event. He certainly wasn't yeah. healthy on it last year. But in his runs before, he was second to Tiger. He craves the moment. You at Augusta? At Augusta? Yeah, he was second to Tiger, I believe. Yep. Yeah, uh, tied with Dustin Johnson, who was also second. Wow, wow. At the courses he's historically played well at. Wow. He's already played well at this year, Phoenix and in Palm Beach. 
So, uh, you know, I, just is he a guy that I yeah auto fire on or he's very polarizing. There seems to be team Brooks and they want him to keep winning. And there's sometimes guys like me who love so many players and want to see other players get some of the glory and some of the share, some of the majors. So where do you stand on Brooks? You know, here, here's where I stand on Brooks. Brooks Kepka is one of the greatest golfers in the world. Brooks Kepka could win any tournament that he's in. Brooks Kepka is incredible at what he does. But when you asked me for the names, that wasn't the first name that came to my head. Again, I could be proven wrong there again, right? Like I brought up Roy McIlroy. He's the only golfer with six top 10 finishes at the Masters since 2014, but he missed the cut last year, right? John Rahm, we brought him up. Average round score 70.3 is the best in Masters history. How can you not like him? Um, Kepka. It's just one of those things you, you put it on and you just see like, okay, it's good Brooks or it's, it's um, indifferent Brooks. Right. But the guy is, I mean, he's elite. He's elite. What, what, what else are we going to say about him? Do, do you trust him this week? You tell me. I think I do. Yeah. He's missed the, yeah. ma- he missed the cut at the masters once in his life. It was last year when he couldn't bend over. It's just besides tiger, no one has a better masters track record basically in history in terms of like top tens. Wow. It's it's wow. like tiger Jack and Brooks. <laughs> wow. Wow. DJ's probably close on that too. Yeah, Dustin not- Johnson has the best score to par minus 35 at the masters since 2016. Yeah. He's peaking. He is. He is peaking, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There, you could make an argument this year for twenty-five guys, and then there's probably twenty-five more that are good enough that could come out of nowhere and win this. And this is the problem. This is why I'm going to lose all my money this week. It sucks. I just got to. Hopefully, the roulette wheel lands on my guy. Hopefully, it's, hey, we all seem to be on Will Zalatoris. Maybe that can be the guy. Or even, you, you know, who I like as a guy. Like, again, I'm probably. Ahead of the curve on this one, but I just think he's a great golfer, and he did well at this event last year. Uh, he didn't do so great this past week. Robert McIntyre. Yeah, we got our bets in already. Yeah. I like I, I I bet ten dollars on him last week at forty one to one to win the Valspy. He, he he was a little flat, but um, that's the way it goes. He, he's I think he's a I think he's really and he. He, he tore it up here last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was 12th. You got to just lefties at the Masters. Weir won. Mickelson won three times. Bubba won twice. There's an Why is that? Why I, is that? Inherent shot shape, I guess. Like the holes just cater towards lefties. That's interesting. Okay, so now we're picking Robert McIntyre to win this week, huh? Yeah, Robert, and Robert, I get- Robert McIntyre, top... Uh, top uh, UK player. There's always these fun markets for the Masters. I mean, they happen every week, but they're really juiced for the Masters. So you could probably get See, best th- th- grade. This is, the, this is the great part of golf, right? It used to be, and again, I'm semi-new to the party over the last five, six, seven years, but it used to be what? It was always Tiger and Phil and how many other great golfers were there? Vijay Singh, right? Like now it seems like there are so many good golfers. Am I wrong? You are correct. They're good and they're young <laughs> And they're yeah. ready to win right away, Adam. It's, you know, that as I, me and Pat discuss often, you know, at Christmas time, last year, Morikawa was the flavor of the month. Couldn't be beaten. At Christmas, it was Hovland racking up all those worldwide oh, wins. Another great golfer. Now, now it's Scheffler who's on his heater and, and, and beat both of them to number one in the world. And just Will Zalatoris, who we all like this week, he's never even won an event. But if he wins this, that changes right. everything forever. Right. 
Right. Also, you know, me and Pat have joked many times. There's no surprise a lot of those guys wanted to go chase that Saudi money because winning golf tournaments looks like it's going to be hard for anyone north of 32 and on the PGA these days. You know, last year, um, what is the name of the tournament in New Jersey? I'm drawing a blanket right now. The, the Northern, Northern Trust. Trust. Northern Trust. Northern Trust. Northern Trust. So um, I was invited out last year uh, in the throes of my golf madness when we were sitting in first place in the pool and, and they gave me an inside the ropes pass, which was unbelievable. And I had Jordan speak that week and I followed him. Cantlay and Morikawa is a great threesome to follow. Whoa. And after the round, I remember bumping into, as I was leaving Matt Kuchar, who I never met before. I haven't met a lot of these guys before, but I remember talking to him and I, I was fascinated when you talk about how hard it is to win. I, I said, how do, how do you do this when, Basically, if you if you win one tournament a year, if you win one tournament a year, that's great. And and more likely than not, you're finishing like eighth or 20th or 50th. And he said something to me to the effect of, hey, if you finish 20th, that's a win. Like you, you, you place 20th and that's how you have to think about it. And I don't I've never trained my brain to think, well, if you finish 18th, that's great. Like 18th is behind 17 other people. But I think these guys think 18th, that's, that's a nice payday. It's a good, strong showing. And let's take pride in that. Right. Yeah. As Kevin Kisner says, they pay pretty good for 20th Adam and 18th. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You lost to 17 guys. You also beat 130 of them too. I, I you know what? And, and my brain is not wired like that in football where you win or you lose black or white, no gray. But to finish 18th, that's that's a win. So Matt Kuchar had a great tournament this past weekend. And maybe he didn't win it, but he still played great and he still cashed in, right? There are guys on tour who are like that. The one guy, I mean, there's probably a bunch of guys who are not, but Tiger Woods is not like that. And I think that you and I are reading the same tea leaves about that. He's not coming back to be some to T37. He's just not doing it. <laughs> well, that's Tiger. That's one of the reasons that has made him who he is over the years, and one of the reasons that we're all so intrigued to see what he'll do this week once he does play. Jeff, you got... And by the way, we should we should add that we're taping this at 11.30 a.m. on Monday, right? <laughs> this is correct, yeah. So when we're wrong into... Listen, people do not hold this show to a standard where we need... We give out betting advice that's always wrong. Somehow people come back all the time. So you're it's at... O- it's, always, it's always wrong? I mean, not always right. The majority of the time it's wrong. That's also the great thing about golf betting. Lose, 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 lose. One win is so, the odds are so great that it makes up for a month of bad bets. Last year, when we won our golf pool, it was spread over 24 weeks. We picked the winning golfer in two of the 24 tournaments and we won the pool, right? We had Justin Thomas in the players last year. And then we had John Rahm in the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. And when John Rahm hit those final two putts, I, I will say it was one of the, believe it or not, it was one of the five greatest sporting moments of my life. And 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 that's the truth. And that's why one day I hope to meet John Rahm, shake his hand, thank him for the happiness that he brought me on Father's Day when I picked him in the pool and he allowed me to finish first there. It was it was unbelievable. Like my wife came running, she's like, What are you yelling about? I'm like, he made the putt, he made the putt. Like I was flipping out. So it was awesome. I can tell you that your wife doesn't think that way when it goes the wrong way. And that's not what you're yelling at the TV when the guy misses the putt. Because my wife has oh my become gosh. very familiar with those words. <laughs> well, that it, it again, 
the sport really lends itself to what we're talking about in the rise in popularity and being in some of these pools and picking a golfer to win. It just, man, it juices it up. Before we let you go, and Jeff asks his one Chargers question, which you know, is going to be tough for him. Yeah, you got no Robert. Problem. You got Robert McIntyre down there, uh, who we're both on. But if you're going to fill up like the bottom of your DraftKings lineups, give a look to our guy. See, woo, Kim. That's where you want to go. Loves the, the problem with the problem with him. And boy, he's a streaky golfer. <laughs> I had him a couple of times last year, and and he WD'd with a back injury. Like I never trust the guy's back; it flares up. Right? Yeah, yeah but he, he only does that when he's playing poorly. He doesn't do that at the Masters. Okay, and, and he's played well on this course too, right? Oh, yeah. he was. He's made the cut. 12th last year. Yeah, 12th last Broke year. Broke his putter. Yeah, he snapped his putter on the course. He had to putt with a five wood, but he still came 12th. Well, he, I mean, <laughs> he's great. He's... Yeah, he's what's his price? What's his price this week? He's 7,100 on DraftKings. He's 100 to 1 to win. <laughs> and if he wins, he doesn't need to go to the South Korean military. I, I, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess here's the thing is that when you watch this sport, um, there are certain guys you just trust and believe in. No, he's not. And, <laughs> and and he's just he's just not high on my list. The, 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 the trust factor is a guy who's WD'd on me a couple of times. It's just it's just not. So it's hard for me to go there. And again, could he win this? Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but he's just not in my trust group right now. That's yeah. all. Yeah. The, the circle of trust. He's in ours because, listen, we lose so often if he WDs. Eh, we'll just move on to next week. Jeff. What one thing do you want to ask Adam Schefter about the Chargers? See, the funny thing is, I'm oh, just going to be quick. But are, Adam, hold on, hold on. One rate. Are you going to say that you're more of an insider than he is of the Chargers because you DM with, like, the owner? No, <laughs> that's not true, and that's a bad subtext to the question. <laughs> um, but he liked Judge. John Spanos likes golf, too, and at, at LaDainian's Hall of Fame, we kind of – linked up but that's separate <laughs> issue though leading to my question just want to say adam gets to do radio hits across the country in these localized markets and their fans get to hear them and they get yeah. the insights i don't think that ever happens with the chargers because i don't know that people care so it's really hard for me to get chargers info and i'm not going macro here adam i'm going <laughs> i'm not going micro i'm going macro a lot of rumors about like the chargers and ownership and the spanos family mm -hmm. and some lawsuits within the family is mm -hmm. that like from your stance is that, like the hearsay of just a cash grab by a sibling or is there really something there that can lead to them potentially exiting ownership and taking advantage of the cash grab that la and the move offered them it's an interesting question, Jeff. And what I would say to you is this. I, I can't answer specifically to that group, but what I can say is um, some conversations that I've had this offseason with people uh, lead me to believe that the value of these franchises has gone up so much that that um, when people pass on, inevitably, that it sets up a complicating set of factors for that franchise to be kept within the family. We're seeing it unfold in Denver right now. Of course, there's some family bickering there, but there have been a number of franchises that people have pointed to me like, hey, watch this franchise over time. Uh, if and when the patriarch, the matriarch, whatever it may be, uh, passes on. And we hope everybody lives long, happy, healthy lives. But the value of these franchises is such that it's become... Um, a huge deal. And the tax implications are such that 
it makes it so that simple transitions may not be so simple in certain places. How about that? Right. And for a family that I think football is the business yeah. now, they don't right. own like Home Depot, like right. the blanks, like that kind of the money and everything. It's kind of a whole new world. They're not coming from huge corporate success to owning mm-hmm. the team. Again, it's um, I think it's complicated. It, <laughs> these are issues that are so far above my pay grade, but I've had people point out to me just that the money involved and, and the tax bill, the estate planning is such that it may force certain teams to be sold that you wouldn't ordinarily think of as being sold over time. We'll see whether or not that turns out to be true. Adam Schefter. Did that answer your question, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I wouldn't mind like Jeff Bezos owning the Chargers. So, yeah. <laughs> but Jeff Be- Bezos wouldn't mind owning the Chargers also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he might get Washington first, right? Or no? And, and he, I don't think he'd have any issues affording what a new contract for Justin Herbert will cost. Is that implying that the Spanos family will? That, that, that I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, <laughs> do you realize how big that contract's going to be? I, let's go. Oh my God. I'd rather have it than not. Oh my God. Of course you want it. You want to have to pay your quarterback $500 million. Yeah. So they got to win this year is what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that the, the stakes in the game, the finances involved, are changing. Look, just like the popularity of golf is changing. The, everything's changing all the time. Nothing stays the same. And and the money in football is going up, up, up. The value of the franchise is going up, up, up. You saw the Deshaun Watson contract. That's going to change the way the contracts are done in the NFL. And I think it's just going to make it harder for some of the franchises that have been more cash-strapped over time to keep pace with some of the team's that are not cash strapped. Thank you. Adam Schefter, thank you for the time and coming on. And I think that now that we've talked this through, it's just you, you can give a few nudges to people over at ESPN about, hey, maybe we should see all the golf shots, or at least think of a way to make that as easy of, as possible for the people out there who really want it. Green Zone is the future, I think. I, you know what? If Green Zone is a future, I want to be a part of it with you guys. Perfect. How about that? Like, I, I, I want to be on that Green Zone channel. Listen, they don't so, listen. They don't listen to me, so maybe they'll listen to you. I don't listen to me either. So, but again, we're happy to volunteer for services of that sort. If anybody is interested, yeah, I, I would be. I would love, man. I would love that. God, I, I love watching it. I, I really do. I'm fired up. And what's better? then actually having a correct pick as hard as that is to do, it happens very infrequently. And when you got your guy in it, like again, in our golf pool, in the Bridgestone match play in Austin, we had Scotty Scheffler. There it is. And, and, and it was when he was losing his lead to Dustin Johnson early Sunday afternoon, my heart was in my throat. I'm like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this guy is going to struggle to hold on to a five shot lead here on the back nine, but that's exactly what was happening. And then he, he rallied together, pulled it out, thankfully, and went on to win the match, which was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Made my Sunday, made my weekend. The the early victory lap on anything in golf is never advised because it can turn uh, n- like Never! <laughs> oh, let me say this. That's the one thing I've also learned. As quickly as football can change, golf on one shot can just – it's just it's amazing how quickly a match – or a tournament can be turned upside down on its one shot. Like, hey, 
I'll go back to the U.S. Open last year. It was Saturday. John Rahm hits a shot on a par three, I believe it was. It hit the flagstick, bounded to the right, and he wounds up he wound up bogeying the hole when it should have been. I mean, it could have been a hole in one. And I was like sick on Saturday night. He was like four shots back. I, I was like, I was, oh my God, I was You're distraught. one of us. He's one of I, us. I was distraught. Like he had it, it was in the hole. And then it kicked off to the rough and he chipped down. And he missed the gimme. I'm like, oh my God. Right. And then you spend all night thinking about the two, the two stroke swing and how that sets up for Sunday. It's incredible. It, but that, that's my point. These guys, my respect for their mental toughness, because I can't take watching it. Like, Scotty Scheffler, as I'm watching him, my heart's in my throat. I couldn't even imagine trying to play at that time. I was having a hard enough time watching it. Adam we Sheff- used to work. They set up the pacing box for me, and uh, <laughs> it looks like Adam could use a John Rom pacing box. They used to create <laughs> Dustin Johnson pacing boxes for me back in the office. Yeah, it wasn't good so, that time you had plantar fasciitis. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so, by the way, so, Pat and Jeff, we're right back to it. So, who, so again, who's going to win this week? That's the question. Who's going to win this week? My and, money. by the way, oh. we're sitting here right now, like, we're all struggling for the end, and you're watching it on Saturday, and you're like, of course, of course this guy was going to win. Of course this guy was going to win. It seems so obvious. I'm going, That's what, I'm going with Morikawa, at least as one of my guys. Two, two of the last eight majors have gone to him. No one wants him this week. I'll take all the Morikawa. Two of the eight. He won the British Open. He won the PGA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what's his course history at Augusta? Played twice. Pretty crappy the first year. T41 was top 20 last year. Top 20 last year. <laughs> getting it, Getting it together. See, that, that's the one good thing, I think, that's a little – I mean, they play it here every year. It's a little predictive, a little bit, right, that you can Very. rely a little bit on course history here, more so than just about anywhere else. I would agree. I think it's the one course all year where course history really means something versus anywhere else. Like last year in this event, in my pool, I took Bryson DeChambeau, and I went to the Masters, and I will say this. I remember one of – my coworkers at ESPN just extolling how he's going to overpower the course and everything he said. I'm like, boy, I, this makes sense. I'm going to take Bryson. And I watched him on the first three holes. I, I couldn't watch it. Like it was like, I, I can't even watch it. I was so unnerved and so rattled by watching it that, and, and he didn't have a great course history there. I don't think. No, he's never really, he played well when he was like an amateur year before he became big beefy Bryson. But that was it. He just, I think he'll eventually get it together at the Masters, but it's not going to be by overpowering it. Bryson, one of the best course strategists there is. And since he started hitting the long ball, he's really gotten away from it. And that's what you need at the Masters. <laughs> well, that was a uh, that was a hard watch last year when I had him. I'm, that won't be my pick this year, I can tell you that. Well, that's it's never fun when you watch your guys just fly, flame out in oh, the first three holes. It's, oh. it's not good. <laughs> that That's, you just... You want to have some fun all weekend long. You want your guy to be in it, right? Like, just give my guy, whoever I'm picking, a chance. That's all. That's all. Be there on Sunday. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Just a heater ticket on Sunday. It's all you can ask for. But, yeah, that, 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 boy, when, when that happens, man, that's, that is an awesome feeling. Adam Schefter, thanks for the time. Appreciate it so much. Jeff, I appreciate you guys having me. Let's have a great week of golf. Look forward to seeing Tiger on Thursday on ESPN Plus. 
<laughs> and uh, enjoyed it very much. Well, thank you for coming on. Now, as we try to figure out who is going to win, Jeff and, we'll be, Jeff and I will be back right after this with a full field breakdown of the betting odds, the one and done, and all the picks. Stay tuned. Time to get into it. Augusta National for the U.S. Masters, apparently. I'll just refer to it as the Masters Tournament. 7,475 yards, but because of the elevation swing, some holes play longer, some holes play shorter. I'd say it probably plays a little bit longer than that. Although, if you know the, the local knowledge, get the right bounces, put it to the right parts of the fairway in the green, maybe you can shorten it up a bit. Par 72, Hideki is the defending champion. Obviously, he comes in with consecutive WDs, so Lord knows how injured he really is how healthy he is we're not going to know that unless someone asks him and listen in the media no one asks that stuff unless they're a part of the japanese media jeff we've kind of beat around the bush about what we're going to do at the top and when you look back at the past 10 years worth of masters winner outside of charles schwartzel in 2011 who was 100 to 1 when he went off 50 to 1 or lower even super long shot danny willett who a lot of us cash at 150 to 1 125 to 1 100 to 1 by the week the masters came around he was the number 12 player in the world and he was 50 to 1 that has been the biggest long shot uh him and Bubba Watson on his first win at 50 to 1 it's normally 20 to 1 to 50 to 1 that's the range that we're looking at and there's a bunch of guys at DraftKings Sportsbook right now that are really below that I think that's going to change as we get later in the week because I don't think this many players can be around 20 to 1 but Rom is the favorite at 9 to 1 Scheffler, the number one player in the world, 12 to 1. JT and Cam Smith, both 14. DJ, Tim's pick, 16 to 1. Then you got Brooks, Xander, Victor, Morikawa, and Rory all at 20 to 1. Speeth's at 22. Cantlay's at 25. And that is it. Everyone below 30 to 1. Some of these guys got to drift as the week goes along, don't they? You would think so. But the books could be very hyper aware to, you know, how the week plays out, you know, in terms of um, the, the, the win equity in an event like this really doesn't go back uh, very far. And in some ways, we've kind of been squeezed out. Now, you got to you look around, maybe find some enhanced win sort of markets, let things develop. I think players that people aren't betting will move up a bit but i don't know how much the market is going to totally change i expect rom to get more points on what you just said but i don't know how much the market is going to change i would maybe even scheffler because i don't know how popular of a bet he could be at this number the ones that had the most interest to me because you've made this point a lot, and Rom was really the one who broke this mold last year, is that first-time major winners don't usually get that win below 20 to 1. They just don't. They get it at 35 or 33 or 45, whatever it might be. When you become a favorite in a tournament and you've never won a major, generally speaking, you don't win. That, okay, that is a huge ask. And in our time together, it's been accomplished by four players. And the funny thing is the fact that Scheffler's number one in the world now, it kind of maybe can change things. But Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, and John Rahm. And pretty much, you know, Jordan won his so fast. But those other three, we only knew it was like a, a literally a matter of, uh, of when, not if they would win those majors. Um, so it is a big ask. Also, since we've been doing the show, Pat, First-time major winners 
you just pump that 25 to 50 to one guys who have won that first time major. I mean, in no particular order every year, it is just an enormous, an enormous list. Um, Shane Lowry, 50, but just speaking of the masters, Sergio Reed, will it, you know, Bubba even being at 55 to one Hideki 40, 45, maybe at a 50, very kind in, in that regard. Bryson's U.S. Open, 28, 30 to one. Morikawa at the PGA was like 20, 30, uh, 35. Know, that was 35 25, 35. Even his British Open was 40. Justin Thomas, when he actually won that first major, was a 50 to one um, golfer. So first time major winners, they do have that sweet spot in 25, 50 to one, trying to pick them under 20. Yeah, it's just been uh, you really got to just know it's going to happen for them. The thing about the two we have this year, Pat. Scotty Scheffler, if you had to rank the majors that suit him best, I don't think this would even be top two. He's playing like he just seems so power suited for U.S. Opens PGA championships. That being said, he's gone to every golf course he's gone to seems to work for him. It's just when you're in trouble, it's a lot like when the year that Sergio won. Remember when he put it into like the other side of the tributary on 13? It's like, oh, well, Rose is going to win now. Sergio's about to make a quad. And then he gets it out of there, scrambles, and he just started making all these nine-foot par putts out of nowhere. I know in the playoff, it took him a bit to end up making that putt, but Scheffler just does that at every event. Every time he's in trouble and needs to get up and down from 100 yards, he puts it to 15 feet and just makes the putt. I don't know how long that can last, but that you're right. That does sound like a U.S. Open. I mean, hell, even British Open, PGA Championship had a more difficult course kind of thing, but he's played this tournament twice. He played in the COVID Masters in November, played it last year. He's finished top 20 both times. Like, that is the path that we want to see for someone to break through at the Masters. And legit, no one's like, he and Cameron Smith are both basically playing the best in the world right now. Sheffler has three wins this year. Cam Smith has two. And we bet Cam Smith at the Masters every single year at 50 to one, 80 to one. And like, I can't do it now that he's 14 to one. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'd rather just take my chances on other guys, even in inflation. And I mean, the fact that they've done what they've done now means I can get Cantley at 25 to one. And maybe I think at the master's odds, Pat, when, I mean, I, I guarantee you the morning after Phoenix, Cantley's like 16, 18 to one to win the Masters, where he just lost in a second place again to Scheffler, having his resume, his form. That's the one I'm really looking at. Uh, Brooks, Rory, those are the ones I'm staring at. I had a deep eye for DJ, but now he seems Ander cursed. Brooks, 20 to one. Like, I don't think he's played this event healthy in a couple years. He is healthy right now. Tim made a point that I just wanted to get him off the line, I guess. I didn't really feel like counteracting. He only gave him credit for playing well in Phoenix. And I'll honestly spin this in a positive way. Brooks played well in Phoenix. He played well at the Honda. And he had a great match play. Phoenix and Honda are courses that he's either won or finished second at. And he likes, so he played well at them. And match play is a format that he truly loves and brings out the best at, and he played really well in that. All things line up for him. Like, Masters is a course he's liked. It's a play, finished second to Tiger Woods. It's his first time being healthy here in a couple years. He has all the trophies. 
you know, this one is bigger than all of them because it's the one that history is just so important. And it's the one that brings you back time and time again. Having a hard time shaking him off. And I'm not a forever Brooks guy. I'm not a team Brooks guy. I'm okay to take my shots at Brooks, but I'm having a real hard time looking the other way. And I'm not like one of those Brooks fanboys. I'm not. He missed the cut last year when he couldn't bend over. I think we ended up getting him at like 60 or 70 to one. So we took the shot and you know what? It was wasted money because he was not in any sort of shape to contend or even compete at the masters, but he wanted to do it. It meant that much to him to come back and just give it a go before that seventh, second, 11th, 21st, 33rd. He had just been getting better every year than consecutive top tens. I'm kind of with you. I had my list narrowed down to four guys from the top and I need to get rid of probably two of them. I'm guessing, unless I just want to bet three of these guys and call it a week with Adam Scott, which Sounds like it's dead money at this point. Rory was one. Brooks was one. Morikawa was one. And Xander was the other one. But I don't like the 20 to one. I just feel like those odds aren't good enough. I'm I, waiting. I That's the one I'm waiting out. Uh, let me, I I mean, at least Brooks, anecdotally, I'm seen getting touted heavily because it's Brooks and it's the Monday of a major. Xander, if people are betting them, they're doing it like quietly and they're not talking about it. And I don't think many people are. That's one I'm waiting for a level of of drift on but i'm with you i haven't read inked him and i um i don't know i'd like to see that cross 30 though i really wouldn't i think it's possible i do i'm silly enough to think it's possible yeah the best number i can see on xander right now is a 25 the best number i can find on morikawa is 22 just even looking at the draft, I think this really helps out when you think about betting as well, that the DraftKings ownership projections right now, still early in the week, by the way, and you can go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, get yourself 20% off, get those ownership projections, check out the simulator, do your research, generate your lineups, betting, DraftKings, doesn't matter. All the stats are there for you. And if you just get the weekly, it's eight bucks with fantasynational.com slash mayo. You might want to check it out. I'm betting you're investing more than $8. So you might as well have tools to research and make your that's better. That would just be me, though. So fantasynational.com slash mayo. No one's using Morikawa. And listen, when you go and look at him, it doesn't look like he's going to win. He's not in the greatest form right now. But if he just comes out and plays like Colin Morikawa, could we just be having a British Open situation all over again? He's not going to stay at 20. He's going to drift. Like, I don't want to take that 22 because I think it gets better than that. And every time that he just starts falling down the board is the perfect time to bet him. He's won two of the past eight majors. Yeah, so, I mean, you could just bet Morikawa, Spieth, and Brooks. Yeah. And kind of, you know, I, I someone who I really, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I don't, um, I'm not betting Morikawa, but I kind of wanted to bet some, I made a joke to someone this morning, like, I bet money Pat is going to bet Morikawa. Um, and, I mean, who do you trust more? Let me ask you this. For the price difference, Justin or Morikawa in the sense that you're asking for a, a spike putting week and they're just both, you know, the elite iron play you hope you can count on. And I'd probably rather bet Morikawa at 20 or 22 than Justin at 14 in that regard. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not there. Rory, Brooks, Cantley kind of have my attention a little more. 
And that is going to be the sentiment, and I can't disagree with you on that. Obviously, Morikawa is my guy. He's made me a lot of money over the years, and I think that out of all of these guys, you know that Brooks is a closer at majors. Morikawa has shown he can do that too. Like he's na- If he is on and he is in contention, he is absolutely uh, nailed. He almost came back and chased down Neiman at Riviera. We might have been doing a cut. No, I don't think he might have been gone by then, but okay. I own it because we make some fun bets, make a lot of bad bets. The worst bet I made in 21 was Morikawa to miss the cut at the open. Um, he won the open. And, you know, it, I don't remember who it was. I don't want to call it out. It could have been like a Kyle Porter tweet that kind of changed the course of history. It's true. Read but listen, Read Morikawa and the turf and. And all that, I think it was Kyle. I apologize to Kyle if it wasn't Kyle. Um, I'm just like, all right. That being said, when he was in his position after Friday night, and I was like, well, I clearly have lost my bet, and now I honestly think he can win the whole thing. Like, once I was wrong, it didn't take me to Sunday to realize how wrong I could be. I realized pretty quickly, he's in form. Everyone could be in big F in trouble. Um let alone the fact that he got, you know, Florida conditions at, at, at the course um, to take nothing away. Yeah. I, I um, I'm, you're right. The sentiment I go off going off is the sentiment that can make you a lot of money. Read this inflated number, read maybe even ownership uh, because he's in that price range. And there's just a lot of players that people seem to be pivoting around Morikawa for. And your, your Justin Thomas comment is well said because Morikawa and Justin Thomas, both not the best on the greens, but if they are good on the greens, it tends to be really good. The biggest difference between the two is JT's driving is not great. Morikawa's is not long, but it's very accurate. He can, If he's now learned through his two masters, made the cut both times, top 20 last year, that if he can get to his spots, then just let the world's best iron player go nuts. That's how you win at Augusta. Hot irons, accurate driving, and putting. We know that he can't chip, and that's really the biggest difference between him and Justin Thomas. It's going to be the same Hovland conversation that everyone has this week. But if they win, does it matter that they can't chip? Can they make enough chips to just say, you know what, I'm not going to bleed strokes around the greens. I'll just be around even. I'm going to make my putts and let the rest of my game take over, because that's what we're going to see. If Morikawa is slightly off the fringe and has to get it up and down from somewhere— now, is he going to be leaving himself three-foot putts, or is he going to be leaving himself 12-foot putts? We feel like Vic is going to be leaving himself 12-foot putts. Morikawa, he can kind of go either way on this. Either the chipping and putting is good, or it's really bad. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. If he just shows up this week, no one's going to take him. I, I would wager we get a 25. I don't think it gets to 30, because he's still too high in the world rankings, and he has won two of the past eight majors. But still, he's too... like if. Why, if Rory, he gets why, to why, why Rory over Morikawa, I guess, would be my question. They're, Rory's not playing good. I don't, like, really have an answer other than it's kind of personal preference. And to be honest, sometimes one of the reasons where I don't, I don't know. Maybe part of me just wants to see the Grand Slam and cheer for that and, like, get cocky and call Rory's win, despite there being form. I haven't even made the bet yet. But um, I, there's certainly a case to be made against Rory and a, and a strong one if you want to. Uh, but I would I just lean Rory. I don't know. I feel like it could be. A, I, I just had a sentiment. It could be a week for him here. 
Best Brooks. Best Brooks number I still see is a twenty-five. I think Brooks twenty-five. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I will text you. It's not a DraftKings sports book, so I will uh, text you after the show. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. You might want to click in not only on all the sites, but some of them do have bonuses, offers, and enhanced offerings. Sometimes just search through there and you can find a nice number. But I think even if it's 20 to 1, I feel like I'm going to end up doing it. We're all doing it. It's going to be really bad for all of us. That's how this turns out. The Brooks, you're talking about everyone's going to do it and it's going to be bad? Yeah. That's probably right, but at least I'll have the peace of mind of not being the only guy not betting him, maybe. I can see it. I mean, I, I get the FOMO nature of that. I, I don't know where I'm going to be. I am going to be on Morikawa. I'm always on Morikawa, and I do think I'm going to wait for a better number on that. Is there anyone but, else from this top that you think that you would want to bet? I can't wait. I'm with you. I don't know if I'm going to get there, though. Well, we've just dismissed Dustin because he's cursed. Is that like it? Or is he not sort of pointing perfectly for a player who's won here, for a player who consistently T10s here, whose game can just work here so well, like for this time right now? Hey, like, I, I, we I, always talk it, about in my column this week, I wrote it up that there are certain trends and Hideki broke a lot of them last year. But if you just look back at the previous nine winners, they all had two top 15 finishes in the previous three starts coming. Even Tiger did in 2019. And the guys from the top of the board who qualify with that criteria, there's only three of them. Scheffler, DJ and Brooks. Those are the only three. It's nothing against DJ. I'm like I said, I need reasons to cross these guys off my list. Uh, Cameron Smith's number has never won a major. Odds are too short. Same as Scheffler. Odds are too short on Rom. Justin Thomas, I think, is so much like Morikawa. I would just take the better odds. Dustin, he's Andrew Kirst. And I can get Brooks for four to six more yep. points if I want to. Like, these are the ticky-tack reasons because you can't bet everyone. Yep. You're right. I just think in the sense that some of these really, these players I classify as super elites they sort of create their entire lives and schedules like an Olympian, except for once every four years, it's four times a year. And everything they do is to peak for this moment, like to set themselves up that when we get to this week, they're ready to play their best golf. And for all the sort of unknowns about Dustin a month ago, it seems like he is on that perfect trajectory to peak at the perfect moment. It really does. Well, is Scheffler not done peaking? I don't know. I don't. Life can't be that good for a guy. And I'm just like, now he's at this super elite price. He's number one in the world. You know, for If I'm him, I hope Tiger plays. Let Tiger suck up so much oxygen. The fact that Tiger keeps delaying the news is probably sucking up oxygen. But for all these guys who have a storyline, it's probably good that Tiger sucks up the oxygen and Cantley. If you just take out the players statistics, which I think is totally fair based on his career at the players, he's could be top three in terms of like current form for how this sets up. Uh... Trust his bunker game top five. I trust his around the green game. Like there are a lot of things about Cantley that I trust. And for all the people that had to run to bet him when he looks so good in the, in the fall, thinking there's no way you'd see the number. Well, you know, here we are. The number's here. And I'm very, very, very interested. He was good at the Century and in Phoenix. Obviously, he came fourth at Pebble and ninth at the Amex, but the Irons were bad. 
those weeks. The Irons were bad at the Genesis. The Irons were bad at the players. He got stuck in the bad wave. Whatever. He wasn't good at the match play either. It's been since Phoenix, since Cantlay actually had a good run. It's a, it's a while ago. Again, it's all part of the – I. there's not enough at 25 for me to, to do the cross-off just yet. I think that he's a cross-off at 25 because I can see a few names that aren't necessarily comparable at double the odds or even 1.5 times the odds, but I would just rather take the deeper price on someone who's within you know a margin of error of Patrick Cantlay. Okay. So that's where that's I'm fair. Uh, listen, I also I, I haven't crossed off Xander. I'm just waiting on the big number there. And I think the only thing that's prevented us from getting it already is probably course history, course history. And it's early in the week. They can list these like terrible numbers on some not terrible numbers, but they can list the not good numbers and then they can wait and see where the money's coming in. And then if they need Xander action, it can be 25. It could be 30, whatever it might be. If they drop him down to 28, everyone's betting Xander Shoffley right away. That's happening. Do you think? I don't know. Yes. I, I disagree yes. with that. People I love it. It'd be like if they drop Finau to 100 to 1. No one wants to bet Finau at his number. Drop him to 100 to 1. Everyone in the world is betting Tony Finau. A lot different. Not really. I, I would give Xander a much better chance of winning. And people love to bet Xander. It's a reason that he kept being 18 to 1 at these things for three straight years. I you love betting Xander, too. You, yeah, but you don't think that you finally get, like, a decent number at a major? Probably still the wrong number, but a decent number that's falling throughout the course of the week that people won't jump on that? I don't know. I think I don't know. I'm not certain people will will jump on it. Okay. Yeah. But I am one of those people... Like I sent a tweet this morning. Everyone just auto bets Brooks. The decision's so easy for them. Me, I love betting on guys who've never won majors. Uh, and that's a problem for me. And Xander kind of falls into that group. I don't I think if it's 28, I don't know that people will be running to it. Do you think people are gonna bet Victor? I don't know. I mean, I get it. When I bet Victor, I bet for the ceiling. And if you're betting Victor, you may as well bet him to win by a field goal because there's only one way it happens, and it's perfection. And it can happen. I believe that much in Victor. But if you need to rely on other things, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can trust it right now. I kind of like it. I don't know why. Him and Spieth, I just, I have this like weird attraction to looking at the board. I don't think Spieth's going to fall, but I don't think that Victor's going to be all that back this week. Maybe just go Morikawa and Hovland. Just let it ride. See what works. Yeah, I don't mind that. I love Victor, and I think you could get perfection. But if you need your wedges to bail you out, you're in trouble. Even that last event a couple of weeks ago, was it Valspar? Did he play Valspar? No, it wasn't Valspar. It was Valspar. But it wasn't match play. It was Valspar. Like, he gets right into contention, and then he needs a wedge, and he makes Bert bogey. Correct. It's like a rinse repeat. That being said, this isn't a Disney move. Like, just because it happened doesn't mean it can't not happen. I'm just saying if Victor wins, he's going he's gonna to train these guys. So in it's the, gonna be perfect. In the newsletter, the Sunday night newsletter 
that I put out. Uh, shout out to Nelson Adcock on that. You can follow Nelson on Twitter. You can also follow at CutSweats on Twitter if you're ever wondering about six of six percentage on DraftKings, the percentage of lineups, who's right on the cut line. He actually he actually did his own strokes gain metrics for the Masters last year. I could only find the spreadsheet he sent me from the first three rounds. I don't think he sent me one afterwards. And I'm just looking at Vic right now. Uh, remember Vic started with the triple bogey. He ended up playing pretty well throughout the course of uh, the week. Finished what, 21st or something? Yeah, he lost with his irons last year. He was positive off the tee, positive around the greens, positive on the greens. Couldn't hit his irons. There are certain players that we've seen, Bubba Watson, I think, being the best example of this. Guys that just suck around the greens. And for whatever reason, at Augusta, they are fine. Maybe Vic can be one of those guys. I hope so. I wouldn't be shocked because I believe in everything. He's already been to Butler cabin. He's going to bring the orange to Butler that we never, that, that Ricky never could. Um, it's just like, that goes back to my original morning point. I could bet a guy I really want to win or I can bet Brooks Kepka. I'd much rather see Victor Hovland win. I promise you. Also looking at Morikawa, Morikawa gained around the greens and off the tee last year, lost on irons and putting. How stupid do you feel if you bet Victor when Brooke, if Brooks wins? Not really. I mean... Okay, you're better than my, me then. You're better than me. I don't take these... I Jeff, I lose so much that I don't take things personally anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, mean personally. It's just, it's Tim, like... Tim Frank tweeted out that he had lost so much money on JJ Spawn, he just didn't have enough bankroll. It's a joke, obviously, to bet him when he wins. I'm in the same boat. It's not like we haven't been betting JJ Spawn over the past yeah. four years. I didn't get there. Did you get there? No. Yeah. Although the numbers... He won me a bunch of money on DraftKings. The numbers all pointed to him. I don't know why I didn't even consider him. I bet the smother man instead, because I'm an idiot. I can't, if I let those things affect me, I'd be in a very dark place Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. It, it's just not good for your mental health. To no, think I don't feel stuff. stupid when a lot of guys win. If Brooks wins, I'll feel like stupid because it was so obvious. I think you can say that with any of the top 10. If Let's, okay, let's say I'm the only one out there with a Morikawa bet and Morikawa wins. Aren't people going to feel stupid? Like, oh, yeah, the guy who has won two majors in the past two years, the number three player in the world. Ah, I didn't even consider him. Like, wouldn't you feel stupid then? Uh, he wasn't really high on my list. I wasn't really planning on betting him. What it's if, all relative. What, what, if Scheffler, what if Scheffler wins? What if Cam Smith wins? Like, if any of these guys win, it's going to seem like it was obvious. See, you're smarter than me. I don't know. That's why I told you I got the fingers. They're not firing this morning. It's Masters Monday. I, I don't I don't know. Okay. Let's take a second so I can tell you about Element, which is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. You're a salt person, not a sugar person, like your boy, Pat Mayo, and this might be for you. Electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, and weakness. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte loss is sodium, and you can lose up to 7 grams per day. When sodium isn't replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. I've been super dehydrated after drinking a ton of coffee in the morning, going to work out, and not consuming enough water. I was losing electrolytes. I started using Element. All of a sudden, I feel refreshed. My muscles do not get as fatigued, and I bounce 
back. Element is used for everyone's from moms to NBA, NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, and exercise enthusiasts. Element is so sure you'll love their product and come back for more. They're offering you a free Element sample pack. That's eight single serving packets free. Just cover the cost of shipping $5 for U.S. customers. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash mayo. Drinkelement.com slash mayo. This deal is not available on the regular website. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash mayo. Element offers a no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Let's go to the middle tier because I think this is, I mean, when we talked about all of the winning odds that have happened over the course of the past few years, this is where it's coming from. Big Will Z, last year's runner-up is 35-1. to 1. Without that stupid runner-up, he'd be like 50-55. But here we are. Hideki is 35. Uh, I've seen him as low as 80 at some spot, so if, I don't know what's going on with him. I'm not betting him at 35. Russell Henley is 35-1. to 1. Not quite sure what the deal is here. Daniel Berger, 40, Bryson, 45, Louie, 45, Tiger, we'll make an entire thing about here in a second, but he's at 50, Sammy Burns is at 50, Adam Scott, 55, we're already in at bigger numbers, I don't mind the 55 still, Fitzpatrick, 55, Leishman, cursed, 55, Tyrrell Atten, 55, Lowry, 55, Connors, 55, some of these guys are going to be 75 two days from now, so just wait, unless there's like the popular one that you really want, Casey coming off the injury, he's number 60, he had back spasms, could be okay. He might not be okay. Finau, 65. Neiman, 65. Bubba, 65. Horschel, who has the worst Masters track record of any, like, non-Octanagerian over the past five years is 70. Good form coming in. Sungjae, answer had the WD last week. Not sure why he WD'd. Never said. Reed, former winner, 80 to 1. Homa, Rose, Sergio, Fleetwood, C. Woo! Kim, my guy, is 90 to 1. Where do you want to go with this? Because I actually really like Zelatoris. If Zalatoris had won any tournament in his life on the professional level, I'd already have bet him. I'm still thinking about betting him. I maybe want to bet him. I do want to bet him. The only thing that's blocking me there is the ask of your first ever win being the Masters feels like a really big ask. Um, but again, like the silly part about that is had he won something stupid like some subfield or some RSM or some Sanderson, I'd have already been like, he's done enough, bets in. I'd have already loaded up. He'd have been in my intro of bets that I have. Like I would have already bet it and shopped it and, and found the best number I could on Will Zalatoris to win this event. So part of me feels silly. Like maybe I just should just bet it. Because if all I would have needed was some stupid subfield to make me feel better... Like, shouldn't Tory Pine's second place count as the exact same? Yes. So, it was a lot like we talked about Finau all those years. Of course, he won Puerto Rico. But the discussion that we always had about him was, when he wins, it's not going to matter where it is. It could be the biggest field in the world, and that was probably more likely that he would go outgun all the best players. And that's what he ended up doing in the playoffs last year. I kind of feel the same way about Zalatoris. Scheffler was a lot like that, too. Like, it didn't seem like it would ever matter. When he was going to win, he was just going to win. Major, WGC, shit tournament, didn't matter. He had those skills. And when I look at Zalatoris, yeah, of course the short putting is going to be a problem. But 
He's played well at all of sort of not necessarily the crossover courses, but the courses that we would consider Masters, Heavy, Quail Hollow, uh, Torrey Pines, Riviera. He has good track records at those. He has good track records at majors. He was second in his debut last year. Putted really well on these greens, maybe too well uh, because that was carrying him. And I really believe in his around the green game. I think that he can get it done here. I don't know if 35, I, I found a 40 as well. Maybe 40, obviously 40 is a better number, but... I don't know. He's sort of this weird guy on an island by himself because him and he's with Henley and Matsuyama. No one is betting those guys, right? I'm not even consider in terms of outright. It's red ink for me. So it's. I mean, that's sort of where the red ink started. I didn't really put any red ink, you know, in the twenty-five to ones. I'll make a case, not make a case for any of them. Russell Henley, you model, you model boys can have it. If I miss it, it's because I swung with. Um, big game hunters if i miss this matsuyama situation i'm gonna get burned like a lot of people this week in a lot of formats in a lot of ways <laughs> are you waiting at all to see the weather report before making any bets or just don't care because well i haven't really made them anyway i am seeing it's supposed to be pretty not windy? fun though right it looks like it's gonna be windy at certain points but it doesn't look like it's raining or it's gonna be cold although there's the sub air system so it doesn't really matter uh, I should mention that holes 11 and 15 got changed. Do you see what they were you watching the women's event at Augusta over the weekend? Did you see what they did to 11? They made it what 21 yards longer. No, that was that's the par 5 15th that they made longer. It's 20 it's 20 yards longer for the Masters setup this year. The one where you have to go over the water. The one where Jason Duffner cost me like three grand by going into the water twice. Yeah, where it runs off the back also into water. Yeah, hit it too sharp. Hideki, Hideki did that. Last Hideki year. did it last year. But number 11 is like the most difficult hole on the course. It's the one that it's flat, 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 and then it takes like the the hook to the left. There's the pond. To the left, and like Fred Couples used to just like bounce it down the right side, knew the right mound that would roll onto the green. But on the right hand side, there was this like cluster of trees, and now they're gone. They just left three of the trees. So you can miss a bit more right and angle in that way, and just pray that you don't get stuck behind like one of these three random trees. Uh, it looks like a much easier shot down that hill if you can get into that position. So. I think that's going to be, I don't think it's going to play a huge factor, but that's like the major discrepancy in the course this year from in years past. If you check out the newsletter, I have the link to the article in it. And it's just kind of neat to go look at. And it was all a buzz on Twitter on the weekend too. Bryson, Louie, Sam, if this wasn't Sam Burns' first Masters, wouldn't he be like perfectly set up for this? Yes. Uh, He checks almost every box other than that debutante box, but let's rein this in a little, Patrick. They're just built different now from the quarterbacks to the major league baseball players to the, your top NBA picks. These kids, they are so different. The last two masters we've had a debutant finish second feels like a matter of time before one of these amazing players just can win the event. Does it not? It does. I'm not it... betting Sam Burns, but I have the utmost faith in him. If Sam Burns on a Sunday had to go against two of those guys in the twenties and the teens for a win, like he has this like, not comparing him to Reed, but he just has this like confidence that like I really back that that I think I like exudes through the TV. That's my own perception. And I would trust him in a big moment versus versus one of the top, top players on earth. That's what makes it easy to make the bet. I'm not really there though in actually clicking the bet. <laughs> I, I just keep staring at it. Like 50 to one's a really good number. 
like Fuzzy Zeller's the last debutante to win. You mentioned last year Zalatoris was second. Never really, although he finished one back. It's not like he was ever really in the running on Sunday. But he's still second. I know, still second. But like Sung Jae came second in the Dustin Johnson Masters. He had absolutely no chance to win because no one was. Dustin Johnson broke the scoring record. So you're right, but it's still a far cry from like debutants are red ink. Yes and no. Like Spieth finished second at his first Masters, then he won the following year. Berger was inside the top ten. His only actually good performance ever at Augusta okay. National was that year. So like, let me. It, it happened. Like Bobby Matt. Like last year, there was only three debutants in the field. Ortiz missed the cut by a million. Zalatoris came second. And Robert McIntyre came twelfth. So I guess this would be my way of even like for a lot of the debutants like. People used to just write them off. They might not need a win, but they can play great. They can make great prop money for you. They can, I don't, I don't mean top debutant prop. I mean, placing props. They can hit their each ways. There's a lot of things they can do. They should no longer just kind of be ignored. Not to say the people watching this show are, are ignoring them, but um, yeah. And there's a few, like, I don't know if Todd, Tom Hoagie's in the fairway. Like, this place could work out very nice for him. It's a nice list of debutants. Seamus Power, the way he's been hitting that second shot. I liked you catching Tambo thinking it was a heavy hitter like myself. Those guys aren't winning. Sam Burns can I'm win. Not, okay, you're Sam, right. Sam Burns This is a win. show about wins. I've kind of left the wins to just sort of do a debutant rant. Um, I might be rostering them. I, I like a few of them. Sure. And on Wednesday's live chat... With Tambo, we'll go through all of the finalized DraftKings implications. Rick Gaiman and I are going to go player by player tomorrow from a DraftKings perspective to talk about these guys. But in terms of like, we're talking about wins. We're talking about betting here. Burns shortlist, Zalatoris probably. I'm thinking about Hatton as well. I gave you those stats earlier about the top 15 finishes. Hatton actually fits that mold, and he has actually lost some of the most strokes at Augusta over the course of his career. But he was 18th a year ago. He finally turned in a good performance. If it's going to be a little bit windy, I, he just feels like a weird intangibles type player. Like he's better, like he's better than Danny Willett is because he can get all four facets of his, game, of his game going. Now, usually, if his ball striking is bad, he makes it up with putting. If the ball striking is good, he doesn't putt. But he could cobble all those things together. And I've just seen him win enough big tournaments in his career over the past four years all around the world that it seems like his game is coming back now after having a little bit of a lull for 12 months. So I agree with everything you said. You even highlighted it. We finally got that T20 last year. I'm here to sort of set us in the right direction. Uh, I don't mind him at all. Seeing, I think that's a number that will probably, probably even wait to get bigger. Um, so I, I like Hatton. I think I bet him at last year's Masters looking at my notes so I could get right back on the wagon. I actually might have bet him at all four majors last year. It wasn't a great plan. Um, Berger as well is a guy that I'm not ignoring, Pat. Berger goes uh, the other way at the Masters, though. Like He started off real hot. And he's been crap ever since. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to overrate that, although maybe people should. There is, not, there, just, there is something to good recent Masters form, like for the winners. That's a real thing. Yeah, I totally believe that. He just, it doesn't, I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, let's just clear that out. Like, I have got to get that men in black machine and zap any preconceived notion I might have about Daniel Berger maybe in my head. 
like me, Daniel Berger's this great match play player. He's been playing match play since he was 10 years old on those Florida greens, just taking grown-ups' money, He's taking semi-pros' money. I don't know, his Ryder Cup and match play records are goddamn abysmal. Like, abysmal. He's never advanced out of pod play. He's been bad in uh, the, the, the special team play. I don't know. Maybe I like have held Berger in a higher regard than he deserves. Jeff, so you, I Jeff, lo- Jeff, you want to see a, the first Jewish man don the green jacket? I get it. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Um, but it does feel like his game is kind of in a right place in in some respects at the moment. So he's a guy like Hatton. I haven't crossed off. We've already just dis- we've discussed Adam Scott enough over the last two months. We need to discuss him today. Uh, but even Shane Lowry and Matthew Fitzpatrick are names without red ink as we've sort of crossed 50 um, to one for me, Pat. I'm with I've you. Still got- the only guys that I'm looking at besides Siwoo, who obviously I'm just going to have a FOMO bet on. Hopefully he doesn't break his putter this year. Uh, that would be helpful. But he's been this is the best like consistent form Siwoo has ever had entering the Masters. I agree. He's not I just agree. he's not withdrawing last- or. Or bottoming out, he makes the cut basically every year at this event. He's always sniffing the leaderboard at some time, and you just know that every once a year he puts it all together. And if it's here, I don't think I think that he could win. So that's why I'm going to bet him to win. But I, it's I'm going to wait for his number to get a little bit better too. So the guys that I haven't crossed off from this list from 100 to one and down, you kind of mentioned them all. I like Zalatoris. I'm probably going to bet, but Burns, Scott, I already bet. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, and the only other one is Neiman. Okay, yeah. Finau. No. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. I don't mind Neiman. He could be a bit of a wizard. I do want to touch on your Siwoo thing. He might be the only player outside of our early Thomas Peters nibbles that maybe we don't need to discuss. Um, that's going to flirt with a hundred to one. That I am truly interested in betting. He has nice master's history and he can just get so hot with the irons and hit those perfect spots that maybe it's just the osmosis of being friends with you and doing the shows with you that I actually believe he could do it. So um, going that deep, he's really the only player that I am thinking about Um, in terms of in front of that. Yeah. We kind of hit on a lot of the same players. Shane Lowry, just been playing so solid. Uh, I do wish I was getting a bigger number, though, to be betting Shane Lowry to win this. But this is always now the number for Shane Lowry in these sorts of events. Um, the books don't let it get too deep. Matt Fitzpatrick, like, shouldn't I just trust Will Zalatoris more for 10 less points, potentially? I don't know. Even though I really do like how things are lining up for Fitzpatrick. And he seems like an evergreen condition player. The weather gets to shit. He's, he's got, fine he's, if the, he's great. If the weather's fine, he's fine. Yeah, he, he's a it guy just, that he's a guy that gives you outs, and so does Shane Lowry, and so does Hatton. I think from that regard too. Where in ideal conditions, maybe they're not set up the best to win, but theoretically they could win. But their chances, at least in my mind, get a lot better the worse the weather gets. I don't like making outright bets on that either though but that's not Um, why i'm that's not why i would be betting them i would be betting them because of their form what they can do i think they can just go out and win it would be an added benefit that if the conditions got really crappy that yeah all of a sudden uh, these these euro guys are just hitting low stingers around the course rolling it up like just playing that sort of game 
Fitzpatrick, I always just find like when he gets into contention and it's late, his game just abandons him. But, you know, he has been putting it all like he has a good master's track record anyway. But just his performance so far this year, he and Shane Lowry, since he came over at Pebble Beach to America, 6th, 10th, 9th, Miska cut at the players, 5th at Valspar. Then you take a look at Shane Lowry. He played his first event at the Honda, 2nd, 13th, 12th, like in full stroke play tournaments, not the match play. The match play is weird. You can take whatever you want or nothing away from the match play if you want. But both these guys are playing great. They fit that criteria of the top 15 finishes coming in. I don't think it's going to happen, but this is the range, right? Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. This is sort of that range. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll actually get there on Fitzpatrick. You mentioned it when Tim was on. Is his like first major off Louis in, in years maybe the ultimate go sign for Louis? It might be. I mean, I know that's all Jeff Ulrich needed. To be in. He was probably in already, but 45 to 1, as high as like 55 in some spots. He's not playing great coming in, but I don't think that matters for him. It doesn't. Um, we've probably passed the demarcation point, at least by Brooks Kepka's standards. We've certainly passed it, Pat. Sung JM, any trust, 75 to 1. It's a great number, but again, he's he would be a first time winner and he's playing like absolute garbage. A first-time winner? What do we mean? For, like a first-time major winner. Yeah. What? I would want to see him in some better form coming in is what I'm saying. Um, okay, speaking of form, I don't know that... It's hard gonna, to talk anyone in, into right. actually making the bet, but Patrick Reed oh demolished John Rom with birdies on the Friday of match. So what play. you're saying is that he had one good round in 2022. No, he wasn't horrible at the players. He wasn't good at the players. I wanted, I was hoping we would see, I, I guess it's because it's just the shrunken field. I was hoping we would see the like full field Patrick Reed numbers this week because I probably would have bid on one of them. I'd like when they got to triple digits and I, such. I'm not doing it. I would rather bet Sergio and Rose than Reed right now. Okay, so I was actually going to ask you about that contingent of, no, of Euros. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going like, there. No, but it, it, like if you had to just have a preference, like Rose, Sergio, Tommy, who's been striking it well, not win, but he can prop market your way into maybe some nice things the way he is uh, – striking it and if my book wants me to bait bait me on tiger woods just throw me a fleetwood plus money v tiger for the week okay i don't know about that i would prefer actually i, I like robert mcintyre and his odds the best but sergio would be my preference of that group i think we've waited long enough to talk about tiger so we should probably do that i think that he is going to play and i think he's gonna be pretty good i'm not gonna bet him to win at 50 to 1 but i've seen an enhanced offering up to 7 to 1 on his top 10 he is not playing in the Masters and shooting an 81. He just wouldn't play. If he's going to show up. But he would up, play to shoot a 75. Maybe. Maybe he would do that. Tiger's never missed the cut as a professional at Augusta. He's not going to put jeopardize that because he just wants to get back out there. That's not happening. If he is playing, I don't think that he's like Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. But he's going to be a pretty good player out there. I... And if you start, no, I, if you start targeting him in head-to-heads with bums like Tommy Fleetwood, you're going to get what's coming to you. Listen, I'm not looking to pick on him. 
I'm not looking to pick on him. But if there's a row of plus money head to heads for Sergio Fleetwood, like all those guys who I assume if Tiger's 60 to one, they'll probably make the head to heads versus the 80 to ones. I'm not betting him to miss the cut. I'm not interested. But I think that his um, expectations might not be as high as yours. I could see him sort of just seeing things differently. I don't think he's showing up to shoot 80. I don't think that is possible. But I think he might see success this this week differently than you. Being able to shoot a 75 and feel good enough to go play the next day, I think could be... Uh, there, people might think I'm insane if for that, saying if, if that was what he considers a success this week, he wouldn't play the fucking event. I disagree. He's plus 120 to make the cut. I like that. I disagree. Almost might have not had a leg. I think just things have maybe kind of changed. I don't think he sees himself as the geriatrics either. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he sees himself as Zach Johnson going to gag it sideways off a tee. But I, I think a successful week for him might be different than a lot of people think it would be. I, I am not there on that. And he might come out and suck and not have it. Like, that's possible. But I think he's a good enough evaluator of his own talent and knowing where he's at that he I don't think that he would ever come to a tournament that in the back of his mind, he didn't think that he could, couldn't could win. I honestly believe that. I disagree. Because he wouldn't make it the Masters if that was the case. No, the Masters is happiest place on earth. Yeah, but it's also maybe... the most competitive field of the year as well. Like, if you really wanted to come back and just kind of lollygag around, he would have played something over the past. I'm not. Six I'm months. not picking on him. I, I'm not picking on you him. You just wanted to bet. Tom, you just wanted to bet Tommy Fleetwood against. They gave him. me a good enough plus money. I'm not. But he could still make the cut. He could make the like. I'm not picking on him to miss the cut. If they gave me a consortium of like five players that I like at plus money to beat him, he could even beat. Why? So why do you think that they're going to? Why do you think that they're going to give you plus money? I'm looking at the odds right now. Tommy Fleetwood's minus two hundred to make the cut. Tiger Woods is plus one twenty. No, in a head-to-head versus Tiger. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You think in that head-to-head, I'm pretty sure Tommy's going to be favored. You get. Okay, Tiger I don't know. One money. of them's ninety to one to win. One of them's fifty to one to win. I don't. I'm saying I'm curious how they're going to make that market. And if they give me Fleetwood at plus money, then I'm going to make the bet. But I probably wouldn't get that. But I'm going by the outright market. One guy's 50, one guy's 90. I don't know that it would have been a crazy comment to say, maybe I'm going to get a nice plus money on that player. You know, they probably that, wouldn't even you, give you me that. know that's not how it works with Tiger. They're going to inflate his outright win number to whatever they want because people are going to bet. They okay, could, so they could we'll make it, they could, they could make it 20 him. to 1 and people would bet. Then I'm not going to pick on him. But I said, if they were giving plus money versus those soiree of Europeans behind him in the odds, I would play every single one of them. I wouldn't plan on winning every one of them, but I think I'd win more than I'd lose, and I wouldn't hate myself when he made the cut either and looked great. I might book those bets with you anyway if you want to do them at even money. Well, we could talk about it. We can see. I just don't... I could just see the this being um, his expectations and what quantifies a good week being different than the rest of us long shots then very quickly on the long shots see kim is going to be on the card 100 percent uh from before earlier on in the year i have thomas peters and i have robert mcintyre 
I'm still going to roll. I'm, I'm going to roll with him. I've already made the bets. Probably wouldn't bet Peters today, but I still would bet Bobby Mack. I like having a few fun long shots, and mainly it's for the placement odds. The top eight odds, the top ten odds, whatever the each way is at your books. But honestly, that's it for me. Although, Taylor Gooch is like 130 to 1 or something, and he's 8900 bucks on DraftKings. Oh, yeah, so we didn't even bring him up with the debutants either. It's a nice group. It's a nice group of um, debutants this year. Again, the only triple digit that I'm flirting with would be would be uh, Siwoo. Yeah, this isn't a long shot type tournament. It just isn't. Um, yeah, be Siwoo. I don't really care much. We're long past the demarcation point. Uh, I get how you could make a case for like battle-tested Europeans, like a Sergio, like a Rose, if you want. Um, they'll have some big, big numbers, but once we're past the demarcation point, you have to almost like, it almost has to be like a Sergio or Rose type for me to believe they can do it or a super ceiling kid. I get to your point, like a Bobby, Bobby Mack, but I'm not here for any of these games. Like I'll roster Bizade and Hope, but there no be no bets there. Yeah, top 40 bet, top 30 bet, top 20 bet. If I was going deep down the board, it would actually be Cam Champ and Luke List would be the two I would go to. Yeah, I could see that. I could I could see that. Champ, and what is um Champ has gone 26-19th in his two appearances at the Masters. And, like, who is Ryan Palmer's dad that he keeps getting these Zurich partners? There must be something to it. I we'll have Maybe that's what we can do for Zurich week, because that's not a fun week. We can really try to dig in and do some investigative journalism of why he only plays with the number one player in the world as his partner. Yeah, because didn't he even play with Spieth before Rom? I believe yes. I think one thing, one of them, he won a bet versus Greller or versus Rom's caddy. Like it was a caddy game, and the caddies had to let their player know that that, that they was were group. But that was with Rom's caddy, and then they won yeah. together. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess he's like the godfather of the event, and if you want access, you got to be his partner. Uh, something weird there. Uh, yeah, we're long past. You said Luke List. Yeah. What's his number peaking at? It's 180 to one right now. You can find even deeper than that. I'm not going to bet him outright to win, but as a top Dude. 10, like he's from the area. He played this like 15 years yeah. ago or something crazy like that. No, he is from the area. He's probably got his reps in plenty. This is a big one. This is so I'm real happy for Luke in that regard. Um, Cameron Young. I know this is an outright show, so it's silly to bring him up, but. Well, like a lot of people, I'm really, really into this guy, Patrick. <laughs> Me too. I just I dr- keep saving for drafting, saving for top 40 bets, stuff like that. Yeah, of course. But top, it's a may- fun, like I said, it's maybe, a great. Maybe top day. De- maybe if you're looking for a top debutant, that's the guy. Yeah, it could be at the back of the pack number. And, and it, again, it's a really fun list of, of debutants this year. Varner included. Nah, no, I mean, I'm not too interested. In, I, I know he gave you free tickets to things, but to win the Masters and at I the said Masters? fun. I didn't say great. Well, what's, I, fun? what's fun? The, guy, fun? the guy's probably going to miss the cut. No, he just. Uh, no comment. Um, No, no, no comment. Um, Is Van Royen a, a debutant? No, he played in the 
November Masters, but he ended up withdrawing that year. Like, during the course of the events, he got hurt or something. Okay. I right. yeah, I don't think I have anything left to say. I kind of just got to make the decision at the top and on Willie. All right, well, let's go to quick picks then for the 2022 Masters. My final betting card will be revealed on Wednesday's live show, and you can always find it in the newsletter on Wednesday evenings. You can subscribe to that for free right now down in the description. I am going, I'm going to wait for the Morikawa number, but I am going to bet Morikawa. 22, good enough for me, but Morikawa will be on the sheet. Will Zalatoris is going to be on the sheet 40 to 1 or potentially a little bit better. I got Adam Scott at 70 to 1. Bobby Mack and Peters from way before would not really condone betting them right now. See, woo, Kim at 100 to 1. I'll play that with the each way as well. So those four are where I'm at right now. I'm looking at that Hatton, Lowry, Fitz range. Probably Hatton is what I'm guessing. And then I got to make a decision between Spieth, Rory, Brooks, like that level of guy. There is going to be another one of those guys on my car. But I got, I got time here. I didn't have to make all my decisions on a Monday morning, Jeff. Yeah, again, I feel like I have the yips in terms of being able to make a bet. And the only bet I have is Adam Scott, 80 and Peters, I don't know, 125 or 150. I'm not proud of it, but it's it's in the pendings. And the Ontario government didn't take it away from me this morning either. How nice. <laughs> I, I may have, maybe I wouldn't have mind that one back. Um, I'm having a real hard time. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm kind of just waiting to see how the books react. I'm not totally afraid of losing anything. I've talked through it all. Brooks, Rory, Cantley. And I never cross Vic off to the end, like, because it's just so hard for me. And if a, I don't know, like, there might be a number that could get me on ROM, but we're not really close to it yet. Like, 14 would be a starting point. 16 would maybe be a fire, but I don't know that anyone would actually give that to me. Uh, I want to bet Willie Zalatoris. I talked myself into it because if it's as simple as Willie Zalatoris at 40 to 1, and if he had the Sanderson Farms or any other win, Good, bad, ugly. I'd have already bet it. I have to count the Tory Pines playoff loss as equal to that in, in this noggin. So we're going to make that bet. We're going to make that bet. One and done picks for the Masters. Cust has already put the Andercurs on to Dustin Johnson. That's his one and done. I am going to be selecting John Rom as my one and done for the Masters. Who are you taking? Give me Rory McIlroy. Rory for Jeff. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Remember, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, something you enjoy about the show. Twitter handle or email down in the description, in the review, and you're in the draw for that master swag. Pick number one gets their first draft pick of what they want. Number two, number two, number three, number three. It'll be that easy. Sub to the newsletter on Monday evening. You can see the pictures and sizes of everything that are in there, plus all of the hot links that you need, like the DraftKings Listeners League down in the description. Uh, you can find all of the other shows up on Mayo Media Network right now. So sub, go sub to that. Jeff, what do you got going on the rest of the week? Oh, busy, busy week should learn to say no but um my video with odds checker and rick gaiman coming out later on on monday i'm going live with the boys at bedspurts on tuesday morning i'll have a wednesday video at odds checker and uh yeah i'm sure a bunch of other guest sheets that i've written down and have reminders in my phone not to forget 
You can follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17. You can find all that information from when he's going to appear on things. And we'll probably have the cut sweat on Friday as well. So you can tune into that live on Mayo Media Network. I'll be back Tuesday with Rick Gaiman going player by player for the Masters field. But until then, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Tim and August. Not my name. Well, they're not going to hear that part. Uh, well, I thought I would just say it just in case. And by the way, Tim thinks you get to see too much Masters on TV, by the way. I don't think I ever said that. I think I, I've always thought that I don't care what the Masters does. If they want to just show me the back nine and just the back nine, I'll live with it. If they want to show me every single shot on the face of the earth, I'll live with it. I don't criticize the Masters. I think it, you, you know, you pay, you're not US paying a Masters. dime to watch the Masters. To watch, you're not paying a dime to watch the Masters. Beggars can't be choosers. I'll watch whatever or however little they give me. Fucking nuts. U.S. Masters. <sighs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.